0: and welcome to another episode of my weird little podcast yay Yay! (laughs) Uh, today uh oh before i get started i did want to say something to those people who are listening uh i want to apologize for missing a week last week and any weeks in the future that i miss. Because I uh, only record these when my mental health is good and my schedule allows me to do so. Uh, I'm not getting paid for this. So, this is out of the kindness of my heart. So, if I do skip a week, I'm so sorry. I will be back the next week. Um, you know, if you are wondering where I went, feel free to message me on any form of social media, ask what's up. I will try to give a heads ups in the future heads ups is in the future uh for
1: <laughs>
0: uh hiatuses which usually i have not been doing that i just kind of stop um you know and skip a week so i'm gonna try to do three and then skip a week and take a break because i uh need time <laughs> to live a normal life uh you know normal <laughs> in huge quotes um but yeah but anyways that's all i wanted to say to my listeners who are loyal and uh you know we we love you very much so um all right but getting into it today we have the wonderful (laughs) teresa back on the show yes hey hey everybody tuning in from california Yeah. yeah um and me again tia i'm always here (laughs) wouldn't that be weird to do an episode though without me here i guess it could happen you know i don't have to be here my podcast the the word my is a universal my so you know i'm not (laughs) a selfish person i could let the reins go uh (laughs) maybe let like you and pat do an episode maybe roxanne will come on again you know maybe i'll have some other random person you know in the future but yeah maybe I could do an episode and take a break and not be there um I don't know that would mean me giving up control and I don't know how I feel about that uh because I like to control things (laughs) and something I am coming terms with with myself um I'm sure some of you understand but anyways uh you're bringing a story today (laughs) Before I divulge more information about myself, (laughs) Um, yeah, you're bringing uh, a story today, and I don't know what you're you're gonna be talking about today. It's gonna be a surprise to me, and I am excited.
1: True, (laughs) I know, I know you love my surprises with um, content for the podcast.
0: Uh, in, in real life though like in my normal life I do not like yeah. surprises at all I don't like surprise plans I don't like surprise presents I don't
1: no surprise I, parties I,
0: I no, it, no 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 <laughs> I've never had like one that was really fun and I've tried like every time you try to plan a surprise party that's when everyone's busy you yeah know? and I planned a few and like there's been like very few people to show up and then it's like what's the point of throwing the surprise party if there's like two people
1: it's True. you know uh yeah.
0: and I've had them thrown for me and it was like it's okay fun you know but mm-hmm. I don't know I like to control things so I'd rather plan my own party you know <laughs> or I, I'm like in the point of my life too where I don't really like parties like I only have so many friends like i only have like maybe less than a handful of friends like i could count the amount of friends i have on one hand uh pretty quickly uh you know so i don't really think i want to throw throw a party you know because it would just be like you and me and (laughs) roxana uh yeah like a few other people i guess it would just be a hangout I, i don't know if you want to throw me a surprise party, though, you know, I will um, suck it up and I will enjoy it. <laughs> just, just saying. Um,
1: well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I will be, but uh, just, you know, good to know. So oh, okay.
0: Good. I appreciate that. No pressure. Don't. You don't have
1: to. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know, just had to see if that was something that you were a fond of or not so not yeah. really
0: yeah no okay. not really <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem
0: <laughs> all right so what story are you bringing today to
1: okay the pod? okay well um i am bringing today to the pod i think you mentioned and i forgive me if you didn't do this yet or you were still thinking about doing it but did you do a podcast yet on the Jersey devil?
0: Oh my goodness. I was going to next week. But oh, okay. okay. You can do oh, it. Did I reveal it. it? No, do it now. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's, I'm not doing it now. I just, um, I took my inspiration based off of that from oh okay. for what, yeah, for what I'm doing tonight. No, oh, I, that, that's kind of my intro into what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause I'm also going to be talking about a cryptid as well. So, um, this cryptid, uh, is local to, well, not really local, I guess local ish is it's in the same state that I'm from Illinois, Mm -hmm. because, you know, things always come back to Illinois and Chicago for me at some point. Um, so I decided that I would talk to everyone tonight about the Murphysboro mud monster or the big muddy monster.
0: Um,
1: and yes, it sounds, um, pretty gross and he kind of is, um, and scary too. So hopefully you'll be as intrigued as I am about, uh, about this creature. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I figured, well, if you're going to talk about the Jersey devil, I'll find a local legend that I haven't, I don't really know that much about myself. So I learned quite a bit about all there is to know about this mysterious, uh, creature that lurks in the shadows in the woods, basically. And also, um, because of the big muddy part, um, there's a river right near where this monster was seen. Frequently, Um, so yeah. Let me just get into it. So, Murfreesboro. um, I' sorry to say Illinois, but I have not been to Murfreesboro. I hadn't even really heard of it. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) in southern Illinois, I have
0: not been to Illinois at all. So, there's (laughs) that. There you go. We'll just have to go. go together and search for the mud monster
1: yeah well that would be a feat <laughs> i mean hey i would do it but that would be a feat if we could actually catch a glimpse of i keep calling it him i mean uh, that's interesting and just thinking about that for a minute why you know i guess we refer to Bigfoots of that kind as him usually i mean they're never described yeah. as being like female so i right? think I know.
0: you know well The Jersey devil is supposed to be a he, Uh, but that's, we'll get into that when I do that (laughs) later this week, Um, but I don't know, I think it's just like (laughs) um, some sort of inherent learned misogyny that we all kind of do, where if we don't know the gender of something, we always assume it's a he, or like how people think cats are girls and dogs are boys. You oh know. yeah yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> you
1: know. Oh okay. Well, I guess, you know, for for these purposes if I refer to the mud monster as he, it's just for that reason that you said, just mm-hmm. kind of more um ingrained um generic branding. So anyway, um <laughs> so back to Murphy's <laughs> I'm getting on, on tangent. Um, Murfreesboro is in Southern Illinois um, and it is nearest to the um, Southern Illinois University uh, modern day where um, Carbondale would be, I say, modern day. The first sightings were in the 1970s, but I'm pretty sure Southern Illinois University was around then. But anyway, um, (laughs) this is the southwestern region of Illinois. And it's home to the very vast um, Shawnee National Forest, uh, which is a huge wooded area and also not very populated. So it is sometimes referred to as the Devil's Kitchen because of its long history of eerie phenomena and mysterious creatures passing through. Hmm. Yes, Um, which I'm very intrigued by that as well, because, um, like I said, having grown up in um, the Chicago area, uh, there are wooded areas and there's definitely things that happen in in those wooded areas. But definitely they're not the same wooded areas like this Shawnee National Forest area would be where it's like kind of pure country. So I don't have that experience at all. So. I am interested to know what you know. Creatures besides the mud monster uh, might possibly be lurking around those wooded areas in the southwestern part of the state. I
0: feel um, like but... I've heard of the Shawnee National Forest before, and definitely
1: hmm.
0: watching something about cryptids. So, you know, okay,
1: yeah,
0: maybe, yeah, there's. there's yeah I mean yeah. there's more out there I don't know you know I
1: think so I think so there's definitely I mean just in doing the research for this alone I reencountered some of the other cryptids that I had heard of um I I, I did talk a long time ago I think it was on Hollywood's haunted podcast I I gave us a little bit of information about um the Thunderbird that was um in more oh, in yeah. central Illinois and then the Piesa bird, um, which is a legend from Alton, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, and that was, you know, kind of what was it? A, like a chimera, you know, where it had all different kinds of animal body parts. But they painted it on the big on the side of a rock. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, those are some of the some of the others uh, cryptids in the area. But let's get back to the mud monster, as I'm just going to call him, because Murfreesboro mud monster is um, a mouthful. Um, Or I could call him the big muddy monster, as he's also called. Um, But (laughs) the most sightings of the mud monster were in the summer of 1973 in Murfreesboro. So Murfreesboro is your typical small town um, in, you know, southwestern Illinois. Not very many people live there. Um, so when anything like this happened, well, this was one of the very first big, you know, cryptid sightings to happen. Um, the whole town just blew up. And I'll, I'll get into that in a moment. Um, it got national attention. So in the summer of 1973, on June 25th, um the first encounter really with the mud monster there was a couple named randy needham and judy johnson and they were looking for a place to park and enjoy some quality alone time Hmm. and um we know about parking (laughs) that parking
0: is always the (laughs) beginning of the horror movie you know yep yeah
1: so you know the
0: town that feared sundown or something like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah we know yeah. about parking.
1: yeah and, and i've never parked before oh, no? <laughs> mm, well i have but it was not near <laughs> it wasn't in a such a remote place that i was in i was you know i mean i'm sure they weren't thinking about it either but you know Anyway, suffice it to say, it wasn't in that remote of an area. And um, uh, the cops didn't come once to break up the party. So no. (laughs) It was pretty um, jolting. I was like, oh, my God, is that the cops just knocked on the window? Yes, Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, we parked in probably one of the worst places you could probably park like in one of the strictest um communities that was nearby where i grew up um so yeah i don't know what we were thinking but um <laughs> but i have parked and luckily it was only the the cops that showed up and not um mm. the murphy's bro mud monster so i think we got off pretty easy honestly um but judy and randy did not um, like I said, they they were spending some time together and they decided to park on a boat ramp on the big muddy river. Everything was peaceful until they heard a terrifying roar come from the nearby woods. And this was around midnight. So, you know, like I said, it was pretty late and, um, you know, not too many, pretty much no one around. They then froze in silence when they heard this terrifying roar and they saw a huge figure walk out on two legs from the shadows and slowly lumber towards them. They described the monster as being about seven foot tall and covered with muddy, matted, whitish hair. It did not stop its shrieking cries as it moved closer toward them and the cries intensified. They would later describe the noises as not human. And Randy Needham actually compared it to an, quote, eagle shrieking into a microphone. So yeah, that sounds pretty terrifying (laughs) if you're just sitting in a car around midnight on a, you know, peaceful summer night trying to get your groove on and then you hear this sound coming out of the woods, yeah, that would probably do it, scare you half to death. So um, it definitely did for for them. And, um, you know, they just, they were sitting there frozen. They had no idea what to do. Um, the monster was about 20 feet away from them at that point. And then they were finally able to start their car, leave the scene, and they decided to head straight to the Murfreesboro police station. Um, they were not going to report it at first, according to some reports, um, because this is like another little part to the story, but um, apparently Randy and Judy were more than just a couple, more than just these young lovers. They I guess, were not technically supposed to be together, according to um, Judy's father. He didn't want her with this guy. So um, that's why when they went into the police station to report it, the cops, because it's a small town, Mm -hmm. um, they knew knew of the risk involved when they were going to be reporting something like this. So Mm -hmm. they decided... Yeah, they decided why would they go to all this trouble to expose themselves and their little romance um, if they weren't completely horrified by, you know, what had happened or what they heard. So that's why the cops believe them. Um, It's pretty astonishing, actually, I think, because, you know, they just, they go to the cops right after this happens. It's after midnight in their small town. And, um, the cops just (laughs) decide to believe them and they actually go out to investigate it, like right then and there. Um, yeah, I was just saying that, um, I don't know if it had been in a city setting that these two had discovered, uh, you know, this potential monster lurking around, I don't know that they would have, um, the cops would have gone out and investigated as quickly i think because it was a small town that kind of you know that coupled with the fact that they knew that these people were very likely telling the truth that they had seen something that terrified them that they just immediately went out and investigated right right mm-hmm. then and there so 1 2 a.m. they were over at the scene investigating um the two officers Merrill Lindsay and Jimmy Nash they went to go and check check out the scene they found that there were multiple gigantic footprints in the mud and they were approximately 10 to 12 inches long and 3 inches wide um and around 2 a.m. another officer and Randy Needham who you know was in the the couple joined uh, officers Lindsay and Nash Officer Lindsay at some point left to go get a camera from the patrol car and the others followed the footprints down the river. All of a sudden, about 100 yards away in the woods, they heard the same terrifying otherworldly scream that Randy and Judy first heard. So all of them heard it now. And after a while, they. Uh, well, a- I'm sorry, after after they first heard the scream, they booked it, of course, back for the patrol car. Um, no one was about to go and find out where, what happened or where the sound was coming from. They just knew that they were terrified. Um, so they got back into the car and they spent a while there <laughs> kind of trying to figure out what to do and waiting things out. Um, and when they got out of the car, they finally got out and they spent the remainder of the night trying to track down a distant splashing sound that they heard, uh, because the river was right there. And they said that it sounded like the creature probably was kind of like, you know, walking through the water, trying to get somewhere. Um, but they never did find the source of the sound, even though, um, you know, the report said that they stayed out till, till the early hours of the morning, like six in the morning, um, searching for, for you know, the creature. But they never saw anything. They never found anything. So they wrapped it up. Um, well, the creature would appear again uh, just the very next night. And this was the second sighting of this mud monster. And that was on June 26, 1973. There was a four year. Yeah, like, you know, this monster wasn't um, shy, you know, about (laughs) (laughs) making itself known at this point. Um, He's just stomping all around the place, I guess. So um, excuse me. There was a four-year-old boy named Christian Burrill. And that night he tells his parents, that next night, that he he was playing outside. He was, um, you know, catching fireflies, it was said, um, in a glass jar that his mom gave him. So he's just, you know, having a a fun time. Um, And then he goes in to tell his parents that he had just seen a big white ghost in their yard. So they don't believe him. Um, but ten minutes later, their neighbors, Randy Creef and Cheryl Ray, tell Christian's parents that they had seen an identical monster in their yard.
0: Oh wow, And
1: yeah, at that point, they start to believe that Christian is telling the truth <laughs> because, you know, they're gonna listen to their four year old who they think is making something up as opposed to um you know their neighbors who were older and granted i read that they were still kind of just teenagers but they were older teenagers you know like yeah. 19 20 yeah um and so they, movie, they, they decided to that trust
0: the kids you know right
1: yeah. right <laughs> right you know like um i think in one report i even read the dad said to the kids something like oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice, you know, and just (laughs) went about about his business. But yeah, when the neighbors confirmed uh, that they had also seen the same thing 10 minutes later, they were like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe he is telling the truth. Maybe there's some credibility to what he said. So when Randy and Cheryl saw the creature, they first heard something moving around in the woods near the river. And then they saw a muddy white-haired creature staring at them with glowing pink eyes, they said.
0: Oh wow.
1: Um, yeah. And that was something that was gonna pop up um, with various sightings. It wasn't reported in the first sighting with Randy and Judy, but um other sightings would report that this creature, the mud monster, had glowing eyes. Sometimes they would be described as pink. Sometimes they would be described as red, but all reports definitely said that they were glowing. Not that the, not just that they were reflecting light, but that they were actually glowing. So yeah, that sounds fairly terrifying. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so they also gave the same physical description for him, um, saying that he was about seven feet tall Uh, They said he had ape-like arms and that he probably weighed about 350, 400 pounds. So, yeah, a huge hulk of a beast and definitely sounds like, you know, your Bigfoot or Sasquatch or Yeti, all of those. Um, So at that point, Cheryl turned on the porch light and Randy went for a closer look. And when she turned on the porch light and the creature could see that they, you know, that it had been spotted, it seemed unconcerned, they said. And it turned and it went back into the woods. So I guess, unlike Randy and Judy and their first sighting down at the riverbank, um, the monster seemed very aggressive at that point. But I guess for whatever reason, cheryl and um randy this other randy didn't have the same experience so um just kind of interesting but um so after you know they also reported this to the police as well and when the investigators went back out to have a look they found a section of the woods was definitely disturbed there were broken tree branches crushed undergrowth and again huge footprints Hmm. uh they they also said that they smelled a very strong foul odor in the area and feel like
0: that's pretty common with like bigfoot type creatures you know yeah Uh, like what is it the skunk ape or something like that yes
1: Gunkape yeah. is from Florida, I believe. Uh, yeah, but it like it yeah. has like a smell too. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, so. yeah. It's a co- it's another common um, theme. Yeah, you're right, exactly. And they also noticed that there was um, they saw these black slime tracks, basically. Ew. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, the smell was going to be a very big thing with this Murfreesboro mud monster because um, like you said, with the skunk ape, uh, people notice the distinct smell and talk about that if they have encounters. Um, So it's the same thing with the mud monster. They said that the smell was just awful. Like one person described it like, you know, like sewage smell, like just like rotten, like garbage, you know, so um, yeah. It, it had to be pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, these investigators, when they discovered that area of the woods that Cheryl and Randy saw the mud monster coming from, they they also noticed the very strong smell. Um, so there was going to be um, at least one more significant sighting, um, and that was on July 4th, 1973, so, you know, not that long after these initial two sightings happened. And that encounter was at a traveling carnival, of all things. And it was set up for, you know, the time around the 4th of July to celebrate the holiday. Um, And when the first sighting happened on July 4th, it was the carnival workers that said they saw the mud monster just looking like with a very like kind of curious look just at some Shetland ponies that were used in the carnival. Yeah, (laughs) and the ponies were, you know, used to give kids rides, you know, like in a merry-go-round type thing, like over and over. Um, And back then, I'm sure it was even way more common to do that kind of thing. Um, But anyway they yeah they said that when they saw the mud monster that yeah it was just kind of looking curiously at the ponies um but it wasn't like you know approaching them or touching them or anything like that yeah. it just was like looking at them in curiosity so <laughs> who knows what that was for um but they told their boss of course um but the carnival owner was afraid that if he reported this strange sighting to the police and the word got out that that was going to turn customers away Mm. from the carnival so he decided not to report it until july 7th on three days later um so he said that um from what he noticed he noticed that the ponies had been um straining to break free from the trees they'd been tied up to for the night. Um, And this was, you know, like, again, all of these things happen kind of in the dead of night, if you will, as most creepy things happen. Um, Happened around like two in the morning that he saw these ponies that were like, you know, visibly frightened and trying to get free from the trees. Um, So when he went to go investigate, He said that he came face to face with the Murfreesboro Mud Monster. And he gave a very similar description to the descriptions that were already given, you know, seven foot tall, about 350 to 400 pounds. Um, But he, in his description, he said that the mud monster had like a light brown fur. um, And most of the other ones said they had a whitish fur that was matted with the mud the big muddy river but you know either way it's obviously probably the mud monster um (laughs) different people have different sightings and depictions but um but the sightings would continue and they would make huge headlines in the news even globally um so like i said when we when i started talking about this yeah this little town of murfreesboro illinois in the early 70s would literally get put on the map globally um, by getting into the news, the national news. And I thought it was astounding that even the New York Times, they were interested in the story (laughs) and they sent somebody down to Murfreesboro to investigate and they wrote an article about it. Um, You can read the article online, just, you know, search for it. Um, But it was very interesting. I was thinking to myself, wow, the New York Times covered an actual cryptid sighting, you know, in the early 70s in a small town in Illinois. Like that that made the New York Times like to me, to me, that's pretty astounding. So. um, So, yeah, there was a lot of um, kind of notoriety, I guess, that was brought to the town. Um, I don't know if everyone enjoyed it, but <laughs> they, they seem to, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, um, but after the, uh, the sightings in 1973, in that initial summer, there were other sightings that would occur, um, and they even occurred all the way into the late 80s, like 1988, I believe, was the last um, recorded sighting of the mud monster um and the mud monster has not um excuse me has not been seen or really reappeared since um but you know there's a few theories behind that one is that um perhaps uh because of all the attention that the town received with you know, the news stories and reporters and, you know, everything else happening that um, that would be even more of a reason for the mud monster to not want to appear. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe it was just passing through (laughs) on its way to somewhere else. Um, Or it could, you know, now that we're talking about obviously there's different states, there's more than just the skunk ape. Um, I forget some of the other names right now off the top of my head, but there's definitely stories out of um, Ohio and some other parts of the East coast where, um, and definitely Florida with the skunk ape. And I think there might be at least another Bigfoot variant of some kind, Mm. but yeah, there's, there's all these different variants that are spotted and who's to say it could possibly be, you know, the same creature just passing oh, yeah. through, so that's that's an idea. That's the theory he gets of around. They <laughs> yeah, they he get around. around. Yeah, he gets around the good old United States. Um, mm. So that could be a reason why he hasn't been seen in Murfreesboro since the late eighties. Um, but yeah, the the sightings, like I said, after nineteen seventy three, they were few and far between. Um, there was nothing as prolific or as in close proximity as the summer of 1973. So I guess there was just something special about that year. Um, so, you know, is the Murfreesboro mud monster, a type of Bigfoot? is the Murfreesboro mud monster still out there. Sir, involved in the case said about, um, is the mud monster still out there that a lot of things in life are unexplained. And this is another one. We don't know what the creature is, but we do believe what these people saw was real. And there was another quote that I wanted to share with you. Um, Oh yeah, so this was in 2003. This was on the 30th anniversary of the sightings. And the formed police chief, Ron Manwaring, He was interviewed by Weird Illinois, which is where I got most of my source material (laughs) from about this story. Um, But he was interviewed about every detail about what he remembered about this case. And he said they were absolutely terrified. I'm convinced that they saw something that night. I can't tell you what it was that they saw, whether it was a bear or something else, but something was definitely there. Um, And then, Randy Needham, who was, you know, the guy from the original couple in the car, he said to Weird Illinois, it would be naive for us to think that we know everything that's out there. I couldn't agree with you more, Randy. (laughs) Um, He admitted also that he never goes into the woods at night anymore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine why i don't blame uh. him yeah i don't either um <laughs> oh so, um and then i thought this was really interesting um when this case you know broke and nationwide and then globally and everyone was kind of weighing in about it um, there was this guy named lauren coleman and he is a famed cryptozoologist And he investigated these sightings in 1973, and he concluded himself that the Murfreesboro Mud Monster was a Bigfoot-type creature. Mm. And he, he said, there's something very unique about this Eastern Midwestern Bigfoot. From the reports from the Mud Monster, it seemed to frighten people the way it didn't in the West. I thought that was interesting because, yeah, like, um, I don't know. I mean, you hear so many different stories about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti. And, yeah, I mean, most of the reports aren't from that, from, you know, different regions, aren't that this monster is aggressive. But in these stories, especially from here in Illinois, Murfreesboro, yeah, the monster definitely did seem aggressive. Um he did seem like I'm not sure if he wanted to harm uh people, but if he didn't want to harm people, he definitely wanted to scare people.
0: Yeah. Um oh, yeah.
1: so yeah, it's pretty interesting, but but yeah, that cryptozoologist thought that he was definitely um a variant of Bigfoot, the mud monster. Um so it's pretty interesting to just To think about that, even you know, like how many, like we're just saying, like how many different types of names for Bigfoot are out there, um, in different um areas in the United States and then globally around the world, there's also you know, <laughs> like you said, Bigfoot gets around, so you know, uh, it's gotta be tired with all that traveling, but oh, yeah, um, <laughs> I don't
0: know, it's a world he's part. Heard- you know, good thing they have big feet.
1: I guess so. You know, um, <laughs> it's just so weird, um, but also just so cool. Um, and like I said, this monster is from Illinois. I didn't even know, honestly, that Illinois had its own Bigfoot um, story. So um, the kind of the last thing I think I want to leave us with is that um So like I was saying, when Murfreesboro got national attention in the world headlines of having this, um, you know, terrifying monster that was lurking around town and frightening people half to death, um, they love this monster in retrospect. I mean, there's been, of course, you know, books written, um, any number of books written about not just the mud monster itself, but also other, you know, local cryptids um, from the area. But um, there have been documentaries. Um, a recent one was made, um, and but Murfreesboro, you know, like any good small town, I guess, you know, they they definitely hold on to um, the legend of the mud monster as one of their draws, actually um they hold an annual big muddy monster festival and yeah (laughs) and it's um it's usually involving um beer which is good i mean i love beer a lot of people do um but yeah they they're supposedly they have some very good craft brews there so that might be fun some time to go to but um this year is no different um i was just talking about 2003 how that was the 30th anniversary well mm-hmm. to make us all feel really old right now it's 2023 today and now um i just read that they are excited this year because it is the 50th celebration wow. of the first sighting <laughs> <laughs> so wow. yeah so they're having a big old um big muddy monster festival. Um, probably really soon because, you know, the end of June is, you know, the end of the month. So, um, yeah, I was reading, you know, what they're going to have there. It's your typical festival stuff. Um, but they're also going to have, apparently, um, you will be able to see the only footprint casting left from one of the first sightings back in 1973. Um, so it's just wild. You know, the town uh, of Murfreesboro said that this is um, <laughs> the, the the story with the mud monster and everything that happened. Excuse me. It's um, it's one of only two cases in the town that's never been solved. Um, and like I said, going back to all the police attention and. Um, I mean, you can go, if you Google, um, Murfreesboro mud monster or big muddy monster, one of the first sites that will pop up is from the town itself. And you can actually click on a link to look at all of the files from the case. And it's just staggering to see that the police took, you know, all this evidence into account and very seriously. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I guess being interested in these kinds of things, it shouldn't blow my mind in such a way, but I think it just kind of does because it makes me feel like, you know, wow, they're really taking this seriously. You know, like they really believed people. Like, which is, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of um, cool in a way, I guess, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That they took it so seriously um, because they still have the files and they're still like, well, we're hoping to crack the case someday, but (laughs) we don't know if we ever will. Um, So, I mean, I think they probably do similar things in different cities around the USA that this stuff has been reported, but
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: To me, it was just... I mean, they have to, right? You know, if people are making official reports and stuff like that, even if they don't kind of believe it, they're probably at least taking down the initial report. But yeah, I think everybody in that town um, that had that encounter in some way, um, you know, they definitely believed what they saw. And, um, you know, they, like I said, the town now it's, it's kind of like a, (laughs) a local legend, um, mascot i guess if you will you know because uh when they have that festival they have somebody dress up like the big muddy monster <laughs> and you know like they painted a mural on one of the prominent walls in the town and everything and in the mural there's a picture of the big muddy monster so um yeah this is murfreesboro illinois's very own bigfoot so um, yeah, I never knew in Illinois that Bigfoot was spotted, but he was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was that was very cool. And um, yeah, since we're on cryptids and I hadn't uh, known much about that one, I wanted to find out more. So, yeah, it's yeah, um, I never
0: never heard of that before either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just think it it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like there's so many different types of Bigfoot. I mean, I guess that does happen with a lot of cryptids. Um they kind of get named different things depending on where they're spotted or yeah. Yeah. you know, that that type of thing. But um yeah, I mean, I don't know like at first, when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, well, you just stay out of the woods at night, right? But, I mean, maybe you just can't avoid it sometimes.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I am terrified when, you know, maybe in the future, if ever I have an encounter with some creature I can't explain, um, I think that would terrify me. I do avoid the woods. Yeah. So I'm not exactly going out. <laughs> Cryptid hunting. Um, although we should, at some point, we should go. I know we've been ghost hunting a few times. You know, uh, yeah, we should definitely go <laughs> cryptid hunting at some point. I think,
1: yeah, I think yeah. that would be cool. I mean, there's so many. I mean, geez, just based on the general knowledge alone, that's like coming to the top of my head right now. Mm. There's so many different creatures that have been reported across the United States alone that you could just do a state by state tour of different cryptids and I don't think you would run out of any honestly. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's how, true. That's how many there are. Um that would be cool if we could do some kind of sort of cryptid tour. Anyone want to sponsor us on that? Road trip cryptid cryptid, cryptid road trip. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um but then, yeah, I would probably also be scared at the same time, but it would be worth yeah. it. So. I feel like I would <laughs> buy a lot of kitschy
0: souvenirs.
1: Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, and look at Bigfoot alone. I mean, geez, I wish hopefully, well, he probably doesn't care about money, I'm sure, but. You should get a cut of these profits oh, yeah. more people money. are making serious bucks off of Bigfoot oh, in yeah. so many ways.
0: <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that yeah. story. That was yeah. a lot of fun. I'd never yeah. heard of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the glowing eyes thing, I think that's the scariest part of it. Um, oh I kept God, looking yeah. over at my window, too, because it's like pitch black into my backyard. Uh <laughs> And like, I don't know, until like today, right now, I was, I noticed that, uh, yeah, that's pretty freaky. Um, and I'm here in my room by myself. I mean, there are other people in the house, but <laughs> I'm in my room by myself right now. So yeah. there's that, yeah. uh, but yeah, but thank you for bringing that story. I hope there's more cryptid stories on, uh, this podcast, cause it's not really something we covered on Hollywood's Haunted uh no. for obvious reasons I think we did talk maybe once or twice you know about a cryptid I can't really yeah. remember any but mm. it all starts to blur together with how much we we talked a lot about a lot of things um that's true but I don't think we focus true. on cryptids. Yeah. I'd like to do more on cryptids more on extraterrestrials uh UFOs were just sighted over Las Vegas recently so really, I wow. have not watched my friend was like, I think your, uh, your family's coming to pick you up. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> no, it's just some friends coming to visit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I always joke that I'm an alien cause, uh, my hair my hair is yeah. so clean and, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> a little extraterrestrial here from area 51, <laughs> you know, um, Hello? Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna watch those videos not tonight. Um in the daylight <laughs> hours, I will watch those videos and um next podcast I'll talk a little bit more about that and then I'll tell you about it too, of course. Yeah. Um, no, totally. yeah. yeah. but that's definitely not the first time. It was like earlier this year there were there was a UFO sighting over uh the Sapphire Club, uh, which is a strip club. Uh, oh, oh! Awful, awful <laughs> industrial, but like the security guards that were standing outside of the club saw it, and like several people driving by the Sapphire Club saw it as well. It was like hovering over th- one of their big signs. They have like this huge. There are like three main strip clubs like in that area, and each one has this like huge sign outside. And it's like this big, like almost a billboard size sign on this huge pylon uh but you could see the red lights above it and the sign is blue i don't know you, yeah. yeah look it up not tonight in the daytime. yeah uh, it's pretty <laughs> freaky know. so you know yeah. but there's like there's a government couple government bases or one government base near here area 51 is near here you know it's definitely mm-hmm. a ufo because it's unidentified but it doesn't mean it's extraterrestrial so true you know, true. That, you know. uh mm-hmm the Nevada proving ground is near here so who knows what's going on
1: you know they don't they don't tell me who does know? yeah who does yeah. know it's like it's like randy uh needham said in in the mudman story uh it'd be naive of us to think that there are things out there that you know we don't know everything so yeah, yeah. exactly i yeah. agree
0: <laughs> um but yeah but thank you all to my listeners for listening yeah. to this episode as well. Uh please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about my weird little podcast. Um if you want more of these, you know, please spread the word. Uh you can follow me um I'm on TikTok at my weird little podcast where I make little TikToks uh talking about the outfits that I wear and whatever. If you want different sort of content you know, through social media, let me know. Like, I'm willing to make more content in other forms. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Tia is the coolest. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find my Weird Little Podcast on Facebook. Hollywood's Haunted is on Facebook um, as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, email us at holly or no not hollywood's on email us at my um, <laughs> little podcast at gmail.com or hh the podcast at gmail.com i think was the other one either one <laughs> you know where to find me um i hope you all have a great rest of your pride month which it is Yay, um yeah yay um you know (laughs) and uh i hope you all stay spooky